What is up, all my super honkies? This is the Super Honky Podcast, hosted by Dennis Sanders. That would be me, the ultimate super honky. Today is October 25th, 2023, and how the fuck is everybody doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing just fine. A little bit tired, though. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um... Was supposed to wake up to a winter wonderland this morning, but instead, it's fucking terrible outside. Had the window open, it got down to like 62 degrees in my room. Uh, right now, it's currently 64 in the room. I got a sweatshirt on, but I woke up with that feeling like not being able to breathe. I just kept coughing and coughing. It happens sometimes. Annoying, like dry throat. I don't know. I was probably sleeping with my mouth open, goddamn mouth breathing ass motherfucker. I couldn't breathe for shit. So I woke up in a coughing frenzy. Then I go out in the in the kitchen, and my lady's talking to her mother about some shit that happened last night. And let me back up a little bit and explain, you know, exactly the situation at hand. Um, my lady's mother has been living with her and I for the last what is it, like six, seven years now? We've been out here in northern Idaho for the past almost six years, actually. We moved out here in November of 2017, so we are coming up on six years of living out here, and it was supposed to be kind of temporary. We wanted to get her out of the hood of Sacramento. She is disabled, so she does not work. You know, she gets a very small check every single every single month, rather, and uh, because of that, she cannot really, she cannot really go live somewhere nice. She, we, when we were all living in Sacramento, my lady and I living out in Citrus Heights, which is like a suburb of Sacramento. My lady's mother was living in an absolutely hood rat apartment complex. Like, for those of you who know Sacramento, it was in the goddamn hood trap over off Watt Avenue and I eighty, like one of them little side streets, Marconi to be more specific. And for those of you that know that area, it is a goddamn slime grime dumpster fest. Like you couldn't even walk up to the 7-Eleven up the street from her house without either being stabbed, robbed, or jumped into a goddamn gang of some sort. Prostitution everywhere, drugs, tweakers, fucking walking zombies, fucking zombies in the hood out there. And because of that, when we moved out to Idaho, I suggested to my lady, well, why don't you just have your mom come out here? I know you don't want to leave her out here in the hood. And since we're getting out of Sacramento for similar situations, granted, we didn't live in the hood the way her mom did, but still, neighborhoods are getting way too expensive. They weren't nice enough to be justifying the price that we were paying. We were paying like fucking almost $2,000 for a two-bedroom apartment way back in 2017. So I kind of told my lady, let's get the fuck out of Sacramento. I don't want to live here anymore. And I've already talked about it a little bit, but my buddy AJ committed suicide back in 2017. And it was only about five, six months after that that we decided to move the hell out of not only Sacramento, but get the hell out of California and not look back. And uh, it's been nice for the most part. The area we live now, it's beautiful. Granted, during COVID-19 and during the whole fucking Biden-Trump back-and-forth bullshit fuckery, uh, a lot of people from California sadly moved out here. Now, we are, of course, some of the people that moved out here, but we're also not trying to change the way Idaho is. We like Idaho. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm not going to really get into politics, but yeah, schools out here seem to be a little bit better. So we decided to make the trip, and we moved out here to a little town in northern Idaho. And uh, kind of suggested to my lady, like, why don't you just have your mom come out with us, you know? I don't want her to live with us necessarily full-time, but at least for a while, we'll try to find her some kind of low-income housing or low-income apartment or, you know, some kind of senior citizen area, home, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, here we are. It's been six years, and she's still living with us, and I don't even know if she's on any kind of low-income you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like wait list. I know my mother, before she passed away, she was on a wait list for about a year, a year and a half before she got into her own apartment. It wasn't the nicest apartment in the world, but in Idaho, it was still a lot better than the hood rat shit you'd have to deal with in low-income housing or whatever, living out in Sacramento. Uh, and with that said, my mom was only paying, I think, $400 a month 
for her apartment, like 400 for everything. And if it wasn't considered low income, she probably would have been paying, you know, about 12, 1300 at the time. But that's here nor there. Uh, so because of this, my lady's mother still lives with us. And, whew, her mother can be extremely difficult to deal with. And this is coming from me. I'm a fucking asshole. I legitimately have OCD. I obsess over just dumb things. It's hard for me to get into an argument and just leave it alone and just drop it. I literally obsess over what was said, how it was said, why it was said, fucking all the above. <sighs> and anyways... The last couple weeks now, there's been two or three times that her mother went to make something in the stove, or in the oven rather, and she'll set the oven, she'll set the timer on the oven, and the fucking oven will be going off beeping the timer, right? And it's not quiet, it's goddamn loud. Hella loud, right? Her mom's bedroom is less than 10 feet away from the goddamn stove, and for some reason, she's so fucking tunnel-visioned that she does not hear the stove even when it's going off when she's 10 feet away. So a few weeks ago, I was getting ready to take my dog outside. You know, he had to go drop some fucking moose snakes out in the lawn. So since I'm living in an apartment, I can't just let him out the back door. It doesn't work that way. Sadly, I'm still living in a fucking apartment complex. And I go to take my dog outside and I throw his leash on. And I noticed the oven started beeping. I'm like, oh, okay, she's got something in the oven. I don't think much of it because I'm already on my way out the door. I head out the door with my dog. You know, he drops his moose snakes out in the lawn. I do the thing of picking it up with the bag. And why do we got to pick up dog shit? I know this is a whole nother conversation, but why the fuck do I got to pick up my dog shit with a plastic bag? It's like everyone's scared to step in some dog shit. You do realize this dog shit is natural fertilizer, right? All throughout the 80s and 90s when I was growing up, it was completely normal to step in some dog shit from time to time. And if you didn't want to step in some dog shit, stay the fuck out the lawn, cause you're gonna step in some long bombs. <sighs> you know how many times I had to fucking put my shoe, scraping it all on the concrete, scraping it on curbs, scraping it on the grass, doing everything I could to get shit out of my goddamn shoes. My shoes had so much tread, you would think it was a goddamn off-road tire, you know what I mean? So no matter how much you're scraping this shit, you could not get the dookie up out the tread, right? Dude, I remember that happening hundreds of times when I was a child, and I dealt with it. We all dealt with it. Anyone that's over, over age 30, 35, you remember fucking scraping your shoes all along the pavement and all this shit trying to get dog shit up off your shoes, right? It was normal. Not a big deal. Annoying, but again, if you don't want to play with fire, then stay away from matches, okay? Don't sit here and carry gasoline around in a goddamn match and then be mad that you got some sh fucking fire starting or some dog shit on your shoes, right? And then suddenly everyone got so sensitive. In the last, like, 20 years, now it's like if you leave dog shit out in the grass anywhere, people will look at you like you're a goddamn felon, like you're out there punching fucking puppies in the throat, right? So it's crazy because now we're picking up our dog shit with plastic bags. My dog drops like three, four bombs every single day. And every time he does, I'm having to pick it up with a goddamn plastic bag, right? And I'm looking at it like if we care so much about our environment, what's worse, leaving some dog shit in the fucking lawn that'll eventually become one with Earth? Granted, it's going to take some time, but it is biodegradable, right? At least I think. I'm not a goddamn science professor. But I believe it's perfectly fine to just leave some dog shit in the grass, right? But what's worse, doing that or fucking a billion Americans or however many it is that have dogs picking up our dog shit with fucking bags and throwing it in the goddamn garbage? I personally throw at least three or four plastic bags of dog shit inside the dumpster every fucking day of the year throwing bags in the goddamn dumpster. And these bags are going to last for fucking a hundred years. So what's worse? Allowing some dog shit to just sit in the grass? Or throwing these bags in the goddamn trash can every fucking two hours? Because me personally, I feel like it's much worse throwing all these plastic bags in the trash that are not biodegradable. And then just like that, we got even more trash to worry about, right? When we already have a goddamn continent-sized 
trash pile out in the fucking ocean, apparently, just swirling around, no big goddamn deal, no one's really doing shit about it. <sighs> so anyways, back to what I was saying. I take my dog outside, he drops his little moose biscuits out in the grass, I'm picking it up, right, throwing it in the trash, and I come back in the apartment fucking, I don't know, five, six minutes later, and as I'm walking up to the apartment, before I even get to the front door, I hear very faintly, through the wall, windows closed, I'm hearing, I'm like, what the fuck, the stove is still beeping, she still hasn't fucking got up and turned the stove off, I come in the apartment, Smells like a goddamn fire in there, right? Go in the kitchen. I'm at the point where I'm irritated about it because I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's been like five, six minutes. Your shit's been done. It's at the point where whatever you wanted to make is now fucking hot dog shit all burnt up. So I go to her front door, you know, not her front door, but I go up to her bedroom door, little... She's like, yeah? I'm like, dude, do you not hear the stove? The stove has been going, oh, fucking gets up, runs out there, turns it off. She's all mad at me like I'm the motherfucker that turned this shit on, right? So that happened a few weeks ago. And then here we are, fucking like a week later, almost the exact same thing happened. And then last night, yet again, I'm sitting here on my computer in the back room. The back room's probably a good 50 feet away from the stove. I got my door shut. I got headphones on. I'm watching a show called Mind Hunters. Mind Hunters on Netflix, rather. And I see my dog jump off the bed all excited. And my dog is very, uh, he pays attention to shit like the stove because he knows that when the stove goes off, it's usually when I'm making a goddamn DiGiorno pizza. And he's smart enough to know that when the DiGiorno pizza is done, I'm going to eventually cut it up, I'm going to eat it, and when I eat it, I'm going to give him a little piece of the pizza crust. So he fucking knows, he's very smart, and anytime that stove goes off, he's going to fucking let me know, right? So I see him jump off the bed all excited. He goes from a deep fucking slumber sleep to hopping off the goddamn bed. I take off my headphones. As soon as I take off my headphones, I'm like, oh shit, I hear this fucking oven beeping out there, right? So I go out there. Her mom's going out there to turn the fucking timer off and resetting the timer, right? And then it took her probably like two minutes, which to me is way too long to get up off the bed, walk 10 feet away and turn off the goddamn timer, especially when it's like 11 midnight when it happened, right? But anyway, she resets the timer and then I go outside, I have a cigarette and come back in my room. And as I'm in my room, I'm hearing it beep again. For heck along, right? It's probably at least two minutes. Finally, like, what the fuck? Does she not hear it again, right? I go out there in the kitchen. I'm just looking at it. I could have turned it off myself, but I'm like, that's not the point, man. I have a 14-year-old son that lives with me. I have my dog living with me. I got all my prized possessions in my apartment. My whole studio set up, you know, my bed, you know, my all my mom's stuff because, again, my mom passed away several months back. I brought back a bunch of her stuff here to my apartment. I've yet to really go through it because it's too emotional for me to go through this shit. I don't want to go through it right now. I don't know if I'll ever go through this shit, honestly. But, uh, no, I will eventually. But, anyways, I got all my mom's shit out in the living room. So our living room looks like a goddamn storage room right now, right? Doesn't look so much like a living room as much as it does. It looks like a goddamn $49.99 a month storage room, right? And I'm just like, bro, this can't, this has to stop. I cannot, I cannot sit here and have my place get burned down because her mom is so tunnel visioned and deaf as fuck. And she's at the point where she's dealing with, it has to be dementia or some kind of Alzheimer's or forgetfulness or the ability to just not give a fuck. I don't know what it is, right? So anyways, it's beeping, beeping, beeping. I decide, nah, I'm not going to say shit. I'm going to go outside, hit a cigarette. I'm going to see how long it takes her to turn this shit off. Go outside, light up a cigarette. Halfway through the cigarette, decide, whatever, I don't want to smoke this whole thing. I barely smoke full cigarettes. Haven't done that in a long time. Usually only rip about a quarter or a half. I put it out and I come back to this shit half hour, hour later, whatever it is. It's my way of trying to tell myself that I'm trying to be better about smoking cigarettes, right? So anyways, come back in the apartment. Fucking three, four minutes later, shit's still fucking beeping. I kind of peek my head into her room. Her door is wide open. Again, her bedroom's less than 10 feet away from the goddamn stove. 
It's not loud in the house. There's no fucking TV blaring, none of this shit, right? She should totally 1,000% be able to hear this shit beeping. I peek in her room. She's sitting there on her phone playing some kind of weird game. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is. You know, old women playing weird-ass games. Bedazzled, bejeweled fucking farm bill, whatever the fuck it is. Playing some kind of game. And I'm just like, hello, Margaret, do you not hear the stove is out there beeping? And she's like, what? What? Gets all irritated, right? Gets up out of bed, comes into the kitchen. She's like, I just reset this only a second ago. This should not be going off right now. And she's yelling at me about how the stove should not be going off already, right? Like, 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 like I fucked with the timer. I'm like, I didn't do anything to the stove to let you know. And whether it's been 45 minutes or two minutes, either way, that timer is going off. And when the timer goes off, whether your food is done or not, you shouldn't be, I mean, you should be able to hear the fucking timer. And if you can't hear the timer, maybe you need to sit right in front of the stove. And when the shit is done, the oven is done or whatever, you'll know, right? Instead of being 10 feet away and acting like you can't hear this shit. My dog's back there rolling around. Reggie, what the fuck are you doing? Dog's over here trying to ruin my podcast. But anyways, this shit's fucking beeping, right? She goes out there, turns it off. She's all irritated at me. I'm, like, I'm sitting here like in my head. I'm like, what the fuck is she irritated with me for? I don't want this place to burn down. It's at the point where this shit has to stop. And I'm, it's not like I'm talking shit. But the truth, the fact of the matter is, all of us eventually get to an age where... We shouldn't drive anymore, right? We shouldn't operate a stove or an oven or anything that's fucking dangerous and can potentially burn down our whole goddamn apartment. So what's worse? Me kind of being a little bit snippy with her and telling her that she needs to be careful with this or just acting like it's no big deal so that eventually when I'm not home, my lady's not home, and we're not here to fucking be on top of this shit, she's going to fuck around and burn down the apartment. Maybe kill herself, fucking kill my son, fucking burn the whole place down, neighbors upstairs trapped, you know what I mean? Like, uh. So anyways, I wake up this morning after about four or five hours of sleep. Again, I'm having a coughing fucking attack, super coughing frenzy because I left my window open. So it's like Jack fucking Frost in my room, super cold in here, breathing in harsh ass dry air. <laughs> Still, I'm like not really over it, the coughing and shit. <clears throat> And I decided to get out of bed, not because I'm trying to wake up. I needed water. Usually when I have these little coughing frenzies, if I just get up and get a little bit of water, it chills it out. I don't know if I got like dust down in my throat. I don't know if maybe a little fucking dog hair or some shit fucking blew into my fucking throat. Because I'm breathing with my mouth open. I fucking breathe with my mouth open all the time. Don't really snore, but I breathe with my mouth open, right? My nose is always clogged and shit it feels like when I'm trying to sleep. So I get up to go get some water. And I walk out to the damn kitchen, and I hear my lady and her mother engaged in a conversation about what happened last night. And her mom's sitting here trying to blame the timer on the stove, saying that the timer doesn't work. And she's telling my lady, I need to go, because she's going to go get a little bit of groceries or whatever she's going to do, run some little errands, get a little Uber up to Winco or whatever, and she's making a list of little things she wants to get. And I'm like, first of all, it's not the timer. You are going into your room. You're setting the timer. You're not paying attention. And the timer goes off and you're not fucking hearing it. It has nothing to do with the timer on the stove. And my lady's trying to tell me, well, maybe, you know, we've had other electrical problems with shit in the house. Because we do. We have some weird-ass electrical surges and weird shit in this apartment that I've never dealt with anywhere else I've lived at, right? But I'm telling her, dude, it's not the fucking timer. I know this for a fact. I just got done making a DiGiorno. I set the timer for 20 minutes. What happens? 20 minutes later, it goes off. How many times have you cooked something in the stove, Mia? Oh, fucking hundreds? How many times has the timer just randomly gone off on you fucking early, right? Never? Okay, cool. So to me, it's operator error. It's not the goddamn stove timer. It's the fact that your mom's going through dementia or Alzheimer's or 
whatever the fuck it is, right? I don't give a shit about what the mental illness is. I'm just letting you know that your mother's at the age where she should not be operating a goddamn stove anymore or an oven, right? She shouldn't be messing with this shit. It's just like a four-year-old. She literally has the mind of a four-year-old. It's just like when my son was three, four. I'm not going to be like, yeah, bro, go ahead and fucking bake a cake. Do whatever you want to do. Just turn that shit on. Good luck, right? <sighs> And it's the same thing with her mom. Stop using the fucking stove. Here's the other thing. She made one goddamn frozen burrito. One little itty-bitty frozen burrito. Not them big-ass 12-inch road hogs, right? One of these little tiny 4-inch baby dick fucking burritos. You know, little tiny frozen ones. And she wants to set this shit for 400 degrees and make this burrito for 20 minutes, 10 minutes on each side. Mind you, it doesn't even say to do that on the goddamn instructions, right? It's supposed to be 350 degrees, and depending on the amount of burritos, you set the timer for a little bit longer. So, for example, if she was going to make four burritos, then yeah, I could see maybe 10 minutes on each side. Because it's four burritos, there's more frozen shit in the oven, it's going to take longer, right? That makes sense. But one little baby dick-ass burrito, and you're putting it in there for fucking 10 minutes on both sides... And you're not paying attention to the shit that the beep's going off. And you're going to set it at 400 degrees when I think it's only 350 is what it says on the instructions. Get the fuck out of here. She's all arguing with me. And when she takes the burrito out, the whole place smells like it's goddamn going up in smoke and flames, right? And she takes this little baby dick charcoal ass burrito out the oven. And she has dentures, right? She's going to try to eat this shit. It's crispy as a goddamn Dorito, right? Fucking the outside's like not even regular color. It's like fucking dark brown. Look like some goddamn... <laughs> Look like some goddamn Mexican skin on the outside of this burrito. It's so fucking brown. I'm like, dude, this is not going to work. And not like a light-skinned Mexican. I'm talking like fucking... I don't know, the, the fucking, uh, I'm going to sound stupid saying this, like Dominican Republic. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, guys. I'm just trying to be funny. Um, trying to kill an hour here. But it was very dark is what I'm trying to say. It was not a Caucasian color that, an, that a burrito should be on the outside. Usually when you finish a burrito, the little tortilla on the outside should be about the color of my white ass skin, right? It should not be no goddamn, and if anything, a little golden brown on just the outside edges a little bit, right? <clears throat> This goddamn burrito was Felipe Hernandez Brown, right? And she's trying to act like I'm fucking crazy for even mentioning the fact that maybe she shouldn't be using the goddamn stove anymore. And my lady gets it. My lady's like, yeah, I know. She shouldn't be using the stove. Let me talk to her about it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. My lady and I get into a fucking argument about it and whatnot because my lady doesn't get my point. My point is not to have, not for her to tell us when she's using the stove, because her mom don't give a fuck. Her mom still, the way old people think a lot of times, they just think, who the fuck are you? They look at anyone younger than them, even though I'm 40, right? Even though her daughter's 39, right? They look at us like we're five-year-olds still. Like, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, right? Like, who the fuck are we to sit there and try to fucking tell them about how they shouldn't drive anymore, how they shouldn't, you know, use the fucking oven anymore if they're too deaf to goddamn hear the timer going off, right? Ugh. Such an annoying situation. So my lady and I are arguing, and I'm just telling my lady, look, I could either tell you, and my lady tells me, well, why didn't you wake me up? You should have woke me up as soon as it happened. I'm like, bitch, you just went to bed two fucking hours ago. You think I want to come in here and wake your ass up in the middle of your deep sleep? You're over here dreaming about ponies and fucking men with abs and all this shit. You think you want me to wake you up in the middle of that just to tell you that your mom's out there goddamn burning the house down with a goddamn burrito set at 400 degrees? No. It would have been ten times harder to deal with you in that situation, had I had woke you up last night, then to just bring it up today. Now, did I want to bring it up right when I woke up at five fucking after sleeping five hours, waking up with goddamn fairy dust in the back of my throat coughing? No, I didn't. But since I walked out there in the kitchen to get some water, and your mom's already trying to play it off and fucking tell you her side of the story without hearing what the fuck really happened, I decided to, you know, I kind of took some jabs and shit and told her what, what it really was. So, of course, it leads to my lady and I arguing. She's all mad because how I brought it up and all this shit. And I'm just trying to make a point that at the end of the day, this shit has to stop, right? You don't need to use the stove. First of all, if you're just going to make one little goddamn baby cholo dick burrito, 
Use the fucking microwave, girl. I get that the microwave isn't going to make it give it that nice little crispiness, but at the end of the day, it's better than burning the fucking house down. You want to burn the shit out of your burrito in the microwave? Feel free. Throw that bitch in there for fucking 20 minutes. I'd still feel safer for you throwing a fucking little burrito in the microwave for 20 minutes than to sit here and 20 minutes at 400 degrees. That is absurd. I can make a whole DiGiorno, a fucking DiGiorno, fully frozen in 20 minutes, and it's perfect. That little tiny burrito at 20 minutes at 400 degrees is just crazy, bro. It's crazy. And if it sounds like I'm slurring my words a little bit, my bad. I don't have my fucking teeth in right now. I decided, fuck it, we're going full-blown super honky hillbilly right now. So it kind of makes me sound like I'm talking with fucking hot dogs in my mouth. So my bad for that. And also, you may notice that the quality is a little improved this episode. Reason being, I finally got a microphone stand for my desk. And I'm using my baller microphone. So instead of using this little cheap, uh, shitty Yeti mic that's made for gaming, I'm actually using a quality studio mic. Like, this is considered one of the best microphones you can get for under five grand, right? <clears throat> I've talked about it on other episodes, how I wanted to use this mic, but I didn't want to sit here and ride my microphone stand like a witch broom and shit in between my legs, trying to sit down with this tall-ass microphone stand in between my legs. So I ordered, last week I ordered a desktop microphone stand, and this thing's perfect. It just sits right up on my desk, so from here on out, my quality is going to sound a lot better. Um, actually, next time, next week, I record an episode, it's going to probably sound even better than it does now. You might be hearing a little bit of echo, slightly, um, because I don't have the sound absorption pads that I usually have in my vocal booth when I record music. I don't have those out here in my room. I'm sitting in front of my desk, so the walls are, you know, the walls are empty. There's no kind of sound absorption RLX pads or nothing to absorb the echo of my voice reverberating around this room. And at this point, I doubt most of you guys can notice. I notice, but that's just because I fucking obsess over shit like that. I'm very big into sound quality. It's, you know, it's been my life for 20 years with all this music I've recorded. Hell, if anything, fuck Jamie. Joe Rogan, I should be making money being on your goddamn podcast, helping you do all your fucking audio engineering, because I got 20 years experience at this shit. It's sad that Joe Rogan's podcast doesn't sound better. This guy's literally in like a multi-million dollar studio, and is paying this dude, Jamie, to fucking look shit up on the internet. Everyone wants to act like the dude's so good at it. Ooh, are you good at getting on Google and typing up basic search results? Shit's easy, bro. I type 120 words a minute. What's up, Jamie? What's up, Jamie? I'm calling you out, bro. I should be on Joe Rogan. You shouldn't be on Joe Rogan. You didn't earn that shit. I don't know. Maybe you did. Don't really know, but I know I'd be a lot better than you at it. And I listen to all these other podcasts, and you guys sound like dumpster snakes. Like you guys are fucking recording your shit on a Nokia cell phone. I mean, Bill Burr's podcast. I love the dude. He's one of my favorite comedians. But his podcast audio quality is absolute dog shit. It's like one episode, it sounds kind of good. The next episode, it sounds like he's recording it on a plane. The next episode, it's like on a different microphone. It sounds shitty from week to week. Half the time, he's making my ears bleed. The other time, I got to turn the volume way up just to hear his ass. And I hear a bunch of other podcasts like that, too. It's like, dude, what's up with your quality? I love Tiger Belly with Bobby Lee. It's one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. But what the fuck is up with your mic levels? Can you guys actually do a mic level test before you fucking record an episode? You got that Kalila chick all dumbass loud making my ears bleed. Then Bobby Lee wants to talk really quiet like this to where you're fucking turning it up just to hear his ass. But then you got to hear his old lady fucking making my goddamn ears bleed. I'm big on audio quality, alright? But anyways, how are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. A little bit pissed off. I didn't get a good amount of sleep last night. Oh, did you not get a full eight hours of sleep? Yeah, no, I didn't. And I need my sleep because without it, I'm a goddamn maniac. It probably brings you a better podcast, though, because whenever I'm mad, it ends up being funny most, most of the time, at least. Not funny for me. Funny for you, probably. But yeah, 
woke up hoping it was going to be winter wonderland outside because all week they've been talking about how it's going to snow. It's going to snow on Wednesday. We're going to get some good amount of snow, right? Wrong. Instead, I wake up and it's like slushy dog shit outside. It's fucking windy as shit. It's normally not windy out here in the northern part of Idaho, but it's like high wind. It's just blowing around all this slush. My car's got fucking ice shards all over it, even though I park underneath the awning and the nearest, you know, part of the sky. What the fuck are you talking about, nearest part of the sky? Basically, what I'm saying is, my car's covered in ice shards, not because it's not covered with an awning, but because it's so fucking windy that it's like blowing ice crystals all over everywhere. Can't even go out there and smoke a cigarette, so goddamn cold and windy. So instead of getting a nice little snowy day, it's just fucking slushed out <sighs> now my dog's being all emo oh did you have to get up on the bed reggie and lay down on a beautiful fucking super soft fucking queen size mattress reggie you gonna fucking sigh at me and act like you're mad you want me to take you for a goddamn walk right now it's fuck out of here <sighs> but anyways other than that my week's been going okay same shit with the car don't have the money. I mean, I kind of do have the money to go get it fixed, but again, I don't know if they're going to fist me. Like I talked about in the last episode, these goddamn mechanics out here, just in general, as soon as they know that you don't know shit about cars, they just want to fucking charge a million times more than they should charge. So, I have a little bit of money, and I should be able to pay to get it fixed, but I have a feeling I'm going to go up there and they're going to be like, yeah, $1,700. Like, dude, I don't have that right now. I can't do that. But the good news is I got some job leads coming in. Uh, hell, I just found out earlier this week that I'm actually eligible to go back to Walmart. Who would have knew, right? I found out that apparently 35 days after they let me go. I was let go August 2nd. It's now fucking October 25th. I found out that 35 days after they let me go, I was already eligible for rehire. Did anyone say this to me? Nope. Did the main manager who had to terminate me for the shit that happened, right? Did he tell me that it would have been only 35 days? Nope. He didn't even have this information. Nope. Why would he? Manager. Main boss. He's dealt with people coming back after being let go. Why would he know? I don't know. Probably should know, but he didn't tell me. So anyways, I could have already been back at my job for, um, let's see, I could have been back at my job for literally well over a month. That would have been $3,000 I would have had, so guess what? I could have fixed the coolant leak. Could have chipped off my credit card a little more. Instead, I'm over here, no life in video games, stressed the fuck out at nighttime looking for jobs all damn night. <sighs> but it's still good news nonetheless. I don't want to necessarily go back to Walmart. I kind of do because I like working with my lady and this kind of shit. It's nice to have the same shift. She doesn't drive, so it's nice to be able to handle that. Otherwise, she's got to rack up hella money fucking paying Uber drivers just to take her 10 minutes up the road. Not even 10 minutes. Walmart's like six, seven minutes up the road from here. And they want to have the nerve to charge her $16, $17 just to go right up the street. And then she turns around and does that again to come home. You know, because the car is currently not working. Normally I can go pick her up. But again, the fucking car is, took a shit on me. So it's like you're going to pay $32 a day? Really? We only make 120 130 a day or whatever it is. What What is it? Like $20 an hour, $21 an hour? Actually, she's making less now because she switched to the day shift. When we were working overnights up there, they paid a little more. When they let me go, I was just under 22 an hour. If I go back, guess what? I'm only going to be at 18.50 or 19, I think it is. So even though I'm kind of happy I can go get my job back up out there, it's not going to be the same. I'm going to take like a $100, $150 loss every single week. Because of what? Because a dude tried to fucking fight me at work and I decided to say some shit I shouldn't have said? I called him an old fag wat, you know what I mean? Get out of my face, you fag wat, and stab you, right? Said some dumb shit, shouldn't have said it. But at the same time, you shouldn't have gotten my face, bro. Can you imagine? Oh man, I can think of so many examples. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there, I'm not gonna go there. Um, but yeah, let's move forward. I've been watching this show for the last week or two. Uh, called Mind Hunters. It's on Netflix. Show's been out since 2017. I thought the show was new to me, but then I realized towards the end of season one, I'm like, dude, a lot of this kind of seems familiar. I think I watch this shit. So I finally realized I did watch the first season, not the second one. Sadly, there's only two seasons for whatever reason they decided to cancel the show, even though it's great, has great reviews, etc. 
um, proof that they always cancel the good things, right? <sighs> but anyways, I've been watching the show Mindhunters. It's been out since 2017. I watched the first season of it probably back when it was brand new, and that would explain why I hadn't watched the second season yet, even though I enjoyed the first season, because at the time, they probably didn't have a second season. So recently, I'm bored getting ready to go to bed, but I wanted to watch a new show. I was kind of getting tired of watching The Office. I've seen The Office goddamn millions of times. So I decided to get on Google. What are the best shows currently on Netflix right now? And, you know, a few other shows pop up, but I see Mindhunters, and I'm like, ooh, Mindhunters, this looks interesting. Look it up on Google. Bam, it's got a good review. I'm not going to watch some shit if it's got a bad review. I'm sorry. I ain't got time for that shit. If a show is sitting at anything less than seven, I'm not watching it, period. I don't got time for that shit. And uh, so, yeah, it's got a good review. Decided to watch it. Recognize some episodes of this show. If you have not seen it, you should definitely watch it. It is about an FBI, a couple FBI agents that are um, working back in the 70s. And they're basically, uh, they're trying to do behavior analysis on these, like, crazy psychopathic killers and shit that are all based from real life. So, like, Charles Manson, uh... Who the fuck are the other ones? I don't remember their names. Some dude named Ed Kemper who apparently cut his mom's head off and like performed some nasty stuff with his mom's head. Ugh. Just to keep it a little bit PG-13. And uh, yeah, the show is fascinating. And on one of the last episodes of the first season, they're talking about uh, there's a school principal and, you know, the only reason why I'm going to go over this now, I'm going to tell you there's spoilers coming up. So if you plan on watching this show, maybe skip the next two, three minutes because I'm going to talk about it for a little bit. But in the last couple episodes of season one, there's a school principal, um, one of the FBI agents, his name's Holden Ford. He goes to the this elementary school because he wants to basically give a, a speech to these kids, right, to kind of explain to them what... Uh, you know, like what deviant behavior is and what to look out for amongst your classmates because they're basically saying that from the time you're in elementary school, you could already see the signs and shit that, that whether a kid's going to grow up to be a goddamn maniac or has a chance to be a maniac, right? And uh, as he's given the speech, at the, end of the, at the end of the speech, one of the teachers pulls him aside and mentions that the principal has uh, this weird thing that he does where he will, whenever kids get in trouble and they come into his class, and then they come into his office, rather, he'll, instead of punishing them and doing whatever they got to do, suspend them, detention, have a talk with them, whatever, call their parents, instead of doing this shit, his dirtbag decides, take off your shoes, take off your socks, and I'm going to tickle your feet, right? I'm going to tickle your feet. And when I tickle your feet, I'm going to give you some fucking money, right? So this guy is essentially giving these kids nickels and fucking money, essentially. It's way back in the 70s, so obviously a nickel goes much further way back in the 1970s than it does today. Today, that would be nothing. I don't even pick up a nickel. Hell, I don't even pick up a quarter if I see it on the ground. Get that dirty shit away from me. I don't know what hooker's buttholes that quarter's been in, right? I don't even pick up a dollar these days, really. It's got to be fiving up for me, buster. Straight balling over here, fool. I ain't picking up no poop dollar. I've seen enough CKY episodes and jackass episodes of shit on YouTube to know that if you see a dollar on the ground, it likely has poop on it, and some kids are sitting in a bush. Don't pick up that poop dollar, right? But anyways, back to the story. He's giving these kids nickels to tickle their feet. Tickles for nickels, right? And there's parents that are having problems with this guy, superintendents, there's teachers that have problems with this guy, and, uh... This FBI agent, he sees a problem with it. He's like, this is kind of weird, you know? And there are some parents that are okay with it. Some parents that are just blind to the fact that this is weird and that it's fucking lightweight. It is abuse. And uh, it just kind of creeped me out because it really reminded me of the dude that fucking took advantage of me and manipulated me with the abuse when I was a child. Right? Dude used to fucking tickle my back, all this shit. All this shit that at the time I felt like I enjoyed it. You know, like, oh man, I'm getting my back tickled. This feels great. Not realizing that the shit's weird, shit's creepy, and that other fucking adults should not be tickling some kid's feet, especially if you don't even know the person, if they're not family. Stay the fuck away from my kid's feet, right? 
And uh, I wish they went with that storyline a little bit further. Long story short, the fucking uh, FBI agent, you know, pulled in this goddamn uh, principal and told him, look, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm basically warning you, don't do this for your own good. You should not be doing this. And instead of just like understanding and being thankful for it, the principal gets all defensive and tells him, you know, about how the kids' grades are doing great and all this shit. Like this has anything to do with tickling kids' feet and giving them money for it, right? And uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that came of that story was that the principal was ultimately reviewed by some some review board or whatever the fuck, and they decided to fire him based on the FBI agent's uh, information that he gave him or whatever. So they fire him, and just like that, they don't really go anywhere else with the story. I kind of wish that they would have elaborated a little bit further. But yeah, long story short, this show, Mindhunters, it's crazy. If you have not seen it, you should check it out. It's on Netflix. Sadly, it's only two seasons long. I think there's ten, yeah, there's ten episodes in the first season. Probably ten episodes in the second season. I don't know, though. I haven't really paid attention. I just started the second season last night before I got a little tired, decided to pass out. But yeah, so that show is cool. Uh, fucking, what else is going on this week? Kind of irritated because the 49ers lost their second fucking game in a row. All week long. I've been telling friends of mine, like, I know that everyone's dick riding the Niners right now. I know all the media and whatnot's making it seem like the Niners are going to absolutely smack the Minnesota Vikings, but I saw right through that shit. Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the entire NFL. This dude has thrown more touchdowns this year than any other quarterback. That includes Patrick Mahomes. That includes Lamar Jackson, That Matt Stafford, all of them, okay? Cousins is a straight baller, bro. Baller. And I was telling my buddy, yeah, I get that the I get that the Vikings are only two and four. Their record was two and four going into this game. 49ers were five and one. They lost a heartbreaker last week to the Browns, right? But I was trying to tell him and tell everybody else that we're sitting here just looking at the Vikings records, being like, the Vikings suck. They're only two and four. That's all they looked into, right? I'm like, what you don't understand is yes, they're two and four. But if you take the four games that Vikings have lost, and you add up the point total and the amount that they've lost by, they had only lost four games by a combined total of only 20 points. So I'm not good at math. Let's see what Siri has to say of this real quick. I'm terrible at math on the fly. Hey Siri, what's 20 divided by four? What is it, like five? The answer is five. Yeah, there you go. Boom, I'm a math genius. <laughs> Straight up math genius over here. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So they lost in by an average total of just five points. And when you see teams that are only losing by five points and they have several losses, you're realizing that they're very close to having it all tick and be right and be good, right? This is how the Niners were a few years ago. They had a lot of losses, but they were always right in it at the end. So I told my buddy, don't be surprised if we fucking blow it on the road to the Vikings. The Vikings absolutely need this game to keep their season alive. Whereas the Niners, as much as we want the number one seed, we don't have to win this game. I mean, hell, even last year, the 49ers were three wins, four losses going into week seven or week eight or whatever. And they went on a 12-game tear, went all the way to the NFC Championship game, all to blow it against the Eagles because Brock Purdy tore his little elbow or whatever, UCL nerve or whatever they call it. So it's like, this is the Super Bowl for the Vikings. If they lose this game, they're practically fucked, right? Whereas the Niners, we don't need it like that. And uh, sadly, the Niners seem to play down to the shittier teams. We'll go beat the best teams in the league a lot of times, but we'll play these teams that we're supposed to win, and we blow it. And that's exactly what they did on Monday Night Football. Game started off nicely. Uh, first drive of the game, Kirk Cousins throws an interception award. Beautiful pick. He takes it back to like the 20-yard line roughly. And then what happens? We drive to the end zone. Looks like we're going to put up the first points of the game. And guess what? Christian McCaffrey fumbles the ball. Oops! Fumbles it. Here's the thing that pisses me off. When our player, our cornerback Ward, caught the interception, does he run off to the sideline like a professional? No, of course he doesn't. Him and everyone on our defense runs like 40 yards fucking 60 yards to the end zone and they're all showing off they're all fucking flexing and doing all this cool fucking gangster poses and shit for the cameras i hate when players do this shit 
because it seems like every time it happens, it comes back to bite us in the ass. The game just started, mind you. There's like fucking literally 14, 13 minutes still left in the first quarter. And these motherfuckers on the road in Minnesota in hostile territory want to run to the end zone and do all this extra showing off shit all because what? You did your job, bro? You got an interception. Congratulations. How about you wait until the end of the game before you start bragging or showing off, bro? Because you know what that did? That lit a fire under Kirk Cousins' muckin' ass, right? He threw an interception on the first drive of the game. Guess what Kirk Cousins proceeded to do for the next three and a half fucking quarters? Absolutely obliterated the Niners. This dude was slicing and dicing our defense all fucking game. We could not sack Kirk Cousins, not even one time. We have a defensive, our defense is getting paid like, a combined total, our entire defense is getting paid like $383 million. You heard that, right? Our defense is making $383 million. We have Nick Boza. We got uh, uh, the Gregory guy we brought in from Denver, right? We got uh, Armstead. We got uh, uh, Fred Warner. We got uh, Dre Greenlaw. All these fucking superstars on our team, right? And then we got Kirk Cousins, who's a pocket passer. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not, he's not Josh Allen. He's not going to roll out of the pocket and run for fucking 30 yards, right? And yet we still couldn't sack this mother for the whole damn game not one single sack in fact ever since nick boza got paid he did this contract hold off throughout the year or throughout the uh, off season rather <clears throat> ever since he got his bag his huge chunk of guaranteed money what the fuck has nick boza done this year nothing just another diva another con artist who gets all this money and then suddenly his play goes off a cliff well, I got paid. See you later, guys. Just proving that he's not a team player, bro. He is not a team player. I was one of the only people in the offseason that when he kept holding out, I'm like, bro, I get that he wants to be paid. But this holding out, not showing up to practice, not showing up to all this shit, fuck that guy. Fucking trade his ass. I would rather have three, four very good players than one stingy-ass con artist. And here we are. Six weeks, seven weeks into the goddamn season, and every Niner fan is freaking out. What are we going to do? Fucking Nick Bose is not getting sacks. I think it's the defensive coordinator. No, it's Brock Purdy. He threw fucking two interceptions. Oh, no, it's our kicker. Our kicker keeps missing field goals. It's none of that shit, bro. It's the defense. It's the defense. We thrive around Nick Boza. We thrive around Nick Boza, and that dude is doing nothing. He is not a leader right now. He is doing nothing. And it shows because the rest of our team is playing just like him. They're not doing shit. In fact, the only player on our defense that I could even give a shout out to who's playing his ass off this season is Fred Warner. Fred Warner is absolutely beasting this year. This dude is so good at middle linebacker. Arguably the best middle linebacker in the whole league. And then Kyle Shanahan, bro. Come on, man. Stop running the same predictable-ass plays, bro. It's like as soon as we get down by a few points, Kyle Shanahan is fucked. I was looking at a statistic or a stat on Reddit uh, yesterday that said that Kyle Shanahan, since taking over the 49ers, he's like 0-32 or some shit like this. It was something in the 30s. May have been 32, may have been 38, 39. I can't remember exactly. But it basically said that when trailing by five points or more going into the fourth quarter, Kyle Shanahan has never won a game while coaching the Niners. I'm going to repeat that. Whenever the 49ers are down by five points or more, Kyle Shanahan has never won a game. You know how disgusting that is, bro? That is gross. To put it in perspective, look at, look at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Look at Tom Brady when he was with Bill Belichick. Look at Aaron Rodgers when he was on the Packers. Right? I'm, hell, look, look at even Matt Stafford with the Rams. Look at Drew Brees when he used to play with the Saints. Look at all the greats. You know what they do? They find ways to win in the fourth quarter. Even when they're down. You know how many times I've seen these other quarterbacks I've mentioned? They're down 10 points going into the fourth quarter. And guess what? That shit don't matter. They come back and win those fucking games, bro. Russell Wilson even. 
You know how many times Russell Wilson will put his team on his back in the fourth quarter and wins these games even when they're down big going into the fourth quarter? And we can't win a single fucking game when we're down by five or more with this defense, this 383 whatever million dollar defense, bro? Fuck out of here. That's a problem. Huge problem. But I'm going to just leave it at that. Again, I know I bring up the Niners. I'm going to keep bringing up the Niners every episode. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm a diehard Niner fan, obviously. I'm a diehard Sacramento Kings fan, too. And the Kings season is starting tonight. So I'm going to be bringing up some Kings basketball here and there. But I don't want to sit there and go on about it for fucking half an hour. Because I get that a lot of you aren't sports fans. I get that even if you are sports fans, you don't give a shit about the 49ers or the Kings. Maybe you do, but most likely you don't. So we'll go ahead and steer this ship around. But I'm sick and tired of these fucking Niners, right? Pissing me off over here. Literally losing years off my life watching this team. Year after year, heartbreak. Year after year, fucked up injuries. Year after year, Kyle Shanahan taking our biggest asset and just driving him into the ground. A few years ago, it was Debo Samuel. This year, it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian, here, I'm going to just end it with this. Christian McCaffrey just suffered an oblique injury last week, right? All week, they're talking about he might not play. He probably won't play. And a lot of Niner fans are begging, like, dude, don't play the guy. We don't need him for one game. We have a backup in Jordan Mason. He's a decent running back. We got to see him get more touches, right? And what do they do? Nope. Does Kyle Shanahan sit him? Nope. What does he do? He throws Christian McCaffrey out there on the field and fucking continues to beat him all game long. He he played the first 44, 45 some odd snaps. Fucking unbelievable, Kyle Shanahan, bro. You're a genius, but you're lightweight dumb at the same time, bro. <sighs> Stressing me out over here. But yeah, other than that, pretty decent week. Um... What else did I want to talk about today? I have a buddy of mine who's been making beats for the last couple of years. This dude I met that lives out in Canada. Uh, what's that all about? But this guy lives up in Canada and met him on Facebook randomly. I honestly can't remember how we met, but we met on Facebook or some shit. He was like a fan of my music, I believe. I can't even remember for sure. But uh, I randomly decided to take this guy under my wing. He started getting into making beats a couple years ago. And uh, his name's M. Croy. M. Croy on the beat. So if you search up M. Croy on YouTube, you can find some of his music. That's E M as in mother, C R O Y, M. Croy beats. You can find him on YouTube. But I took this dude under my wing a little bit two years ago. Um, I felt like he had potential because he already had some knowledge with music theory and whatnot. And for me, I know how much it would have meant for me if someone took me under their wing when I was going through the years of learning how to make beats, the trial and error of the process, how to mix these beats, how to, what type of instruments to avoid, what sounds good, what doesn't. Took me years and years and years of trial and error to get to the point in which I am today. So for me personally, whenever there's someone that, um, is getting into music and they're, and they're heavily into it and they're nice about it, they're kind to me, you know, they don't, they don't sit here and talk madness to me, basically. I like to help them out. I do as much as I can to help new people out. Because I feel like if I'm not going to make it with music, well, damn it, I at least want to leave my footprint in helping someone else out that could possibly make it, right? Pass the torch. That's what I'm trying to do. The older I get, the more I'm realizing I'm not going to make it as a music artist, right? So I uh, decided to take this guy under my wing. And within two years of teaching him nearly everything I know, giving him advice, giving him, he's starting to make beats that are lightweight better than shit that took me 10 years to get to. And again, it's because I had no one take me under my wing. I have ADHD. It's hard for me to sit down and look shit up on YouTube and spend hours fucking watching other people teach it. And plus, when I first started making beats, YouTube didn't even exist. It's only been in the last 10 years or so that you got all these tutorials about how to do every last thing on YouTube, right? So for me, it was all trial and error. But I've taken this guy under my wing. I've given him tons of advice, and I'm still doing that to this day. He just sent me a beat last night and was asking my opinion. 
and I broke it down for him. I'm like, this should probably have a snare or a snap instead of a clap. The beat sounded great. The melody was good. I told him the drums are a little bit basic. You kind of pick some weird kick drum or bass drum, and I think the pattern's a little basic. But other than that, the melody is absolutely fire. So I kind of gave him some pointers on what he should change. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I would like to share with you guys a beat that he's made. And I want you to understand that this dude has only been fucking with beat making for like two years. And he's already starting to make some beats that are absolutely fire. It doesn't mean all of them are fire. He sent me some ones where I'm like, dude, what is this shit? Right? But every new producer has that. Most new producers have what the fuck is this shit type beats for a solid five to ten years before they finally start making some good beats. But this guy has already made about a half dozen beats or more that I've heard them. And I'm like, dude, this is like inspiring me. Like, I kind of want to write to this. But sadly, I'm suffering from intense writer's block. Every time I think I want to record something new, I'll go to write. There's even been a couple times where I actually wrote a song. And then I go get in the vocal booth. And that demon in my head's like, what are you doing, bro? You're 40 years old. You shouldn't be doing this. You're a fucking loser. No one cares about this shit. And the next thing I know, I'm turning the microphone off. I'm like, yeah, he's right. What the fuck am I doing? I don't want to do this shit anymore. This is why I'm taking all my energy and putting it into podcasting. All gas, no brakes, right? All gas, no brakes in this motherfucker. Oh, by the way, I got a listener email today. Or not today, a couple days ago. What I meant to say is I got someone that actually emailed into my podcast. If you guys ever want to send me any questions, any comments, anything, you can send me an email to superhonkypodcast at gmail.com. Super, you know how to spell that, right? If not, don't fucking email me. Honky, a little bit different. H-O-N-K-Y. H-O-N-K-Y podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Superhonkypodcast at gmail.com. You can ask me anything. You can leave a comment about anything. You can tell me my podcast sucks. I'm not going to respond to it. Don't give a shit. Um, But yeah, I actually got my very first email last week. And it actually made me feel good. And I wanted to read it off on this episode and answer a question. This email is from a Sarah in Utah. And she says, hold on, let me pull this up here. She says, hey, Dennis. Just wanted to say I love your podcast so far. I have a couple questions regarding one of your previous episodes where you talk about what you went through as a child regarding the neighbor that abused you throughout your childhood. Um, She then says, I also went through a very similar situation as a child and was also too afraid to speak up about the abuse that I also suffered. Like you, I refused to tell my parents about what happened, and after listening to your show with my husband, I decided to speak up about what an uncle did to me when I was a little girl. It's been nearly 20 years since this incident took place, and your story had me absolutely absolutely heartbroken. Um, Then she says, My husband and I are curious if you ever reported the incident about what happened to you after the fact. I've wanted to contact the proper authorities about what happened to me, but over the years I've decided to let it go. Thanks again for sharing your story. And, uh, I mean, first of all, I want to thank you for even emailing. It's really considerate of you to do that. I appreciate you for this. Um, And, yeah, honestly, at first, just like you, I had no intentions on reporting this to any kind of authorities. Um, since I had waited so long to even tell anybody, I think I was like 18, 19 when I first actually came forward to a girlfriend and kind of told her what had happened to me when I was younger. Since it had been years, I kind of decided, you know, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to sit here and rat them out, snitch on them, whatever the case, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then when I was in my mid twenties or like early twenties, the guy's daughter, that I was really best friends with, really close with, she ended up telling me that uh, he adopted two little boys that were under the age of 10 
And that shit pissed me off tremendously because I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, here we go. Round two. This motherfucker got away with doing this shit to me for the years that he did this shit. And then he's going to sit there and once I'm growing up and completely out the picture, now he's just going to go cherry pick and go fucking adopt two young boys that were both under the age of 10. And that pissed me off because I'm thinking, okay, he's going to do this shit again. Why else would he have adopted two kids under the age of 10? You know what I mean? He's going to fucking brainwash them. He's going to manipulate them. And he's going to fucking pull the same shit with these kids that he did with me. And, you know, because of that, it took me about a year or so after finding out that he had these other kids living with him. And I was so pissed off, I decided that I wanted to call and speak up on it and, and, and try to see who I can who I can share this information with so that they can investigate him and ultimately either lead to his arrest or have these foster have these foster kids removed from his home. Um, so essentially, I did a little few Google searches. I called some sheriff's department out in Sacramento. They referred me to some number that was like a hotline you can call and speak with uh, a detective that would look into, you know, uh, situations like this more or less. I gave them a phone call. Nobody answered, and it, they had a voicemail. It was uh, Detective blah, blah, blah of the blah, 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 whatever the fuck. And it said that if, if, if you'd like, leave a voicemail, and they will return your phone call at the earliest convenience. So I left a voicemail indicating exactly what took place. I even mentioned that the reason why I'm coming forward with this now after all these years is because I found out this guy adopted two kids, two boys specifically, that are that were the age when this shit took place with me. And uh, sadly, weeks went by, didn't hear nothing back. Uh, again, decided to try the same thing. Called again. Surprise, surprise, no fucking answer. Didn't matter what time of day, I ended up leaving yet another voicemail. Fucking weeks and weeks go by, no phone call back, no nothing. So to my knowledge, they never investigated the guy. Uh, he had those boys from the time they were like eight, seven years old. They might have been a little bit younger, all the way up until, as far as I know, adults, and most likely did the same exact shit to them. Nothing ever came out of it. Uh... As far as I know, I highly doubt. Because, I mean, I still speak with his daughter once in a blue moon. You know, the girl that I was best friends with. But to my knowledge, nothing came from it. So, dude just keeps doing whatever the fuck he does. I mean, maybe he grew up, you know. Maybe he didn't do what he did with them that he did to me. I don't know. But I think only a moron would think that way. I think he fucking abused them the same way that he abused me. And sadly, nothing ever came from it. So... I get why you wouldn't want to go to authorities with it. I get why, you know, since you would let so much time pass that uh, it's frustrating. And I don't know what to say other than I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, and best of luck to you. Try not to let that past haunt you. Because, like, for me, it broke a lot of trust with me where I didn't trust people. I still, to this day, am trying to work on trusting new people in my life. Uh, specifically, literally older men, I always feel weird around, kind of squeamish around. Whenever anyone throws any kind of religious background at me, it instantly gives me PTSD because, again, this guy that did this shit to me was, like, higher up in his church, perfect standing, clean home, you know, no record, never got in trouble with domestic abuse, none of this. Because he was literally, like, a great guy other than this fucking detail where he was, you know, abusing me the way he did all these goddamn years. But yeah, Sarah, best of luck to you. I appreciate you for that email. Um, whew, it's got me a little shaky responding to that because every time I talk about this story, it really just irks my nerves. But yeah, don't let it affect you further. You know, we have to learn... Even though it can be difficult, we have to learn to trust people out there and understand that not everyone is a dirtbag, not everyone is a creep. And sadly, I have pushed away a lot of people in my life who, you know, were ultimately good people. And sometimes I have a poor, poor case of judgment because of shit that occurred to me as a child. And even to this day, when people try to press religion on me and this kind of stuff, it just weirds me out. It's not that I'm against the idea of God. Honestly, I love the idea of 
Christianity and do on to others. It's blah, blah, blah and all this shit. But for me, it's just hard. It's, it's so hard. Even my father, you know, that I talk to here and there on Facebook and we'll talk to on the phone. He's always sending me memes and shit that have to do with God and the second coming of Christ and all this shit. And really, it, it weirds me out. I don't really respond to it. If he uh, if he sends me a message actually saying something to me, like, hey, how's it going? Things like this, miss you, I'll respond to that. But if you're just going to send me, like, Jesus photos and hell's coming and all this crazy shit, like, I don't listen to none of that. And it's because of what happened to me as a child. I mean, that's part partly to do with it, at least. <sighs> Anyways, guys, we are sitting here again on October 25th. We are over an hour on this episode. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for listening. Uh, I will be recording another episode soon. This is episode five of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I am going to go ahead and write us out with the outro. I'm going to take an instrumental from my buddy M. Croy Beats. M. Croy on the beats. You can find him on YouTube by searching M. Croy. Again, it's E as in Edward, M as in mother, C as in cat, R as in Robert, O as in Oscar, Y as in the color yellow. Beats on YouTube. And uh, if you do take the time to check out some of his content, maybe drop a comment, say hello, say that, say that you found out about his music from me on the podcast. I'm sure that would mean a lot to him. It would mean a lot to me. But love you guys. Have a good rest of your day, afternoon, work day, whatever the hell you're doing, driving in traffic. Super honky out this map. Gaka.